Hello, Owlies! Welcome to the News Nest. This is Sparrow. I know it's been a really long time since we have had an episode. I apologize for that. Uh, Skip Hop and I have both had um, just crazy stuff going on in our lives. So, this episode is a special edition episode. It does not have any news or a limerick or anything like that, but what it does have is the long awaited interview from the Mama Owl herself, Miss Stephanie. And it's long awaited because I completely dropped the ball and I'm really sorry guys. My Thanksgiving break did not go as smoothly as planned and I just ran out of time. So I'm very sorry that I made you wait, but I'm sure you will. You're going to, it's well worth it. I promise. I, I listened to her interview when she said it to me and I was just, the whole time I was sitting there with this stupid grin on my face like, oh my God, she's so cute. Oh my God, she's so awesome. I know you guys are going to be the exact same way. So, without making making you wait any more, this is Miss Stephanie's interview. Please enjoy. Okay, third time is a charm. This interview is super, 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 super late because some stuff happened and I don't remember what happened, but something happened and then I went away and then I came back to do it and then I did it and then it was terrible because I realized that I always go, uh, like that. So I deleted that and plus I went off on like the craziest tangents. I don't even know what, but and then the second one, literally, and I'm not kidding you, I recorded the whole thing and finished it. And my garage band just decided to delete it. And when I tried to hit undo, this is boring, isn't it? Okay, third time. Positive, positive, positive. Hi, this is Stephanie. I love all the owlies. I love the news nest. I love Sparrow. Thumbelina139 for putting it together. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love our little community that we all get to come in and be awesome together and support each other. And some people will write me notes and say like, oh, thanks for starting this. And I'm like, you know what? This had very little to do with me. I, I used to be part of a message board that, um, is that a flying saucer? I'm not even joking you. What is that? No kidding. Hold on a second. I think I see a UFO. <laughs> yeah, oh, that is weird. Is that a tiny little plane? Man, it's going fast. It, there's no, like, trails behind it. All right, so anyway, UFOs, no big deal. I'm sure, like, a bear and a couple gnomes will come by while we're doing this interview as well, too, because... It's just that kind of a place that I live. Oh, yesterday there was a hawk the size of a loaf of bread. <laughs> That's a weird comparison. But he was sitting on the very, 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 very tip of our tree. And um, he was like wobbling back and forth. I don't even know how he did it. Anyway, I'm sure we can expect some other drive-bys. So anyway, <laughs> the message, we were talking about the message board that I used to be involved with, and it was um, from the writer Sark, S-A-R-K. She's like an inspirational writer, and she had a message board that was super magical, and everyone came in and supported each other, and it was very sort of like the group that we have, and 
I always, that group had to shut down and I love that group. So now that we kind of have a new one, that's it's very similar to that. Lots of like packages going back and forth and stuff. And it's just really exciting because I never thought in a million years, you know, that that would kind of resurface and people could have a kind of place to go and especially a, attached to something like knitting and like fiber um, is super cool. So, so much love to you guys. And when I think about the group, I put my love in and I come in, I lurk, I browse, I come in every day um, just see what's going on with everybody. Well, of course, I can't keep up. I mean, I don't know anyone that can completely keep up. Like, it's pretty much impossible. I go in every day for, you know, just a little bit of time. I don't spend as much time commenting because I like to kind of get the gist of th certain things. And so, but I mean, I can't begin to keep up. So I love having the news nest and kind of just, I don't know, keep up. Hopefully people don't feel like they need to keep up, but they can you know, leave for a while and come back. It's fine. I've had letters from people that say stuff like, I need to leave for a while. And I'm like, dude, dude, it's totally fine. Like, everybody needs a break. And, you know, it's impossible to keep up 100%. So, you know, don't ever feel guilty about, you know, I've some people will write stuff like, oh, I really don't know what's going on, but I wanted to say one thing. It's like, that's, I think that's pretty much expected for most people. So shall we move on to the questions? I'm nervous about answering these because I have a tendency to ramble. <laughs> okay, aside from crafting and making music, what's your favorite thing to do? I love books. I miss reading books because I'm always knitting now. Um, but I do love to collect them, so I have tons, and I love journaling, I love doing art, I love decorating, so one of the main things I've, oh, before I was a knit, knitting, knit freak, I used to spend all that time obsessing about my environment and decorating and making my house look cool and doing paintings and hanging stuff up and hanging greenery from everywhere and doing lots of planting, things like that. Now I would say my house suffers a little bit because once I get it away that I can kind of deal with it, I move on to just into the creativity of knitting. I don't spend as much time um, decorating my house, but I love decorating and I love getting stuff for the house. So I'm a real homebody. I love like, nights by the fire. Um, I love campfires. I love going out in the woods and you know, I love being on the ground. I love sleeping on the ground. Outside, of course, not in my house. That would be a little bit weird. <laughs> you know what? My bed's nice, but I'm just going to sleep on the ground. So, let's see. What else? I am really into sort of my morning ritual. Like, I have a little bit of time in the morning. Normally, I have a few minutes to just wake up and light candles and I always burn a little bit of sage in the morning and I um just like start the day with blessing like just start the day out just taking a moment um I usually make well actually I always make um an essential oil blend in the morning when I wake up so I'll get like a little ball of cotton and I'll do you know frankincense and sage and 
um, you know, I always make a different blend every single day. And then I carry that around with me and I write them down. And then I have like a little ringing singing bowls like this one. Wait, I've got something in it. Hold on. And I'll ring that a little bit and just invoke peace in the morning. It uh, doesn't take very long, but it's super important to, for me, to really get the inside of me going as well as the outside. Like, yeah, take a shower, get your outside clean, but like also get your inside ordered, you know, drop the baggage and take a moment to let your, let you, the inside of you be peaceful because I, I'm sure a lot of us do like struggle with anxiety and depression and things like that. And I definitely have that. Like I, for a long time, would wake up and have that first pang of anxiety. You know, you wake up and you go, oh, oh my God, I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this today. And this is going to be terrible because of this and this and this and this. That can start. And then you're setting up yourself. You're setting yourself up for that kind of day. So I have to force myself to wake up and literally like, Just clear it, clear that junk, and start out at least feeling good. You know, babies laugh a lot. They start out doing okay, and then, you know, the brain start, kind of gets in the way. So, so that's, I guess, one of my favorite things to do is get my day started. Then I take Ruby outside, and she loves to eat grass. And so I've got a tree outside that has seven trunks, and I'll sit by the tree for a little while and... Sometimes um, some visitors come by, like gnomes or whatever, and I'll have little chats with them and while Ruby eats her grass, Ruby Kitty, and then we come in and have coffee. And then by then, Mr. Owl has taken um, our son, Master Owl, the little owl in the house. He's 10 years old. He, he will go to school and you know, make sure he gets his breakfast and stuff like that. But yeah, no screaming babies around here. So I do have friends that a lot of a lot of friends with a lot of children, and they're like, I wish I could take a few minutes out of the day, and I don't know what to tell them because I do understand like they have that chaos around them where they're like, Are you kidding me? Ring a bell? Like I wouldn't even hear that bell. I have like people screaming and pulling my hair out, all you know, from the moment I wake up in the morning. And I suppose those distractions could, you know be crazy but also they could probably be you know there's good and bad and everything so because of where I am anyway in my life right now I do have like a few minutes to kind of cleanse my brain I don't know maybe they could go in the bathroom for a minute who knows who knows who knows who knows the blessings of children so I let's see what sorts what kinds of yarns or fibers do you like I'm pretty much a yarn junkie so put me in a store and I'm going to kind of be attracted to anything and everything where the colors are looking right or even the fi I mean sometimes I even have appreciation for good old crunchy grandma's crochet acrylic afghan because you know you've cuddled up under one and there's something about them you know I know I should be more of a snob but honestly I, uh, I'm just kind of the person who 
my ideas are for the structure of my, uh, my ideas are structured things more. So I want to make like, so I'll use kind of what yarn is just a staple that's there, that the colors are good. Like there are a lot of amazing designers that make amazing designs that are based on yarns. I would love to be able to do that and to have that talent to to design things to showcase different sorts of yarns but that's not really the kind of designer or knitter I am and one thing I've learned is I have to stick with who I am I'm a little bit weird and it doesn't really make sense sometimes the way I design but and I have to stick with it because that's one thing I, I learned throughout the years is that you have to do you have to be true to yourself and really, really dare to be exactly who you are because it's never going to, I mean, most of the time it's not going to fit in to the mold because everybody is perfectly unique. So I try to kind of do my own thing, but I sometimes get the the urge to try to be like a shawl designer, but I'm just not a shawl I know people make like the coolest shawls and it blows my mind. I would love to actually even be a shawl knitter because I think you get to really experience knitting, you know, getting the wool and the fiber cut. It's just not what I wake up and do. So if I do end up doing it someday, it will be a big evolution for me because right now I'm kind of more like I want to stick with like a stocky, chunky wool that I can make something have form out of because I I think I like to sculpt the wool I like to sculpt the stuff more than I understand or work with drape so uh so yeah that's just what I do and let's move on what sorts of projects or techniques do you like I think I just covered that what projects of the projects you've made so far do you remember the best That's hard because I got one of those memories where I have memories when I was 18 months old and things like that. I kind of remember. I can tell you my favorite thing ever are my meow mitts. I love my meow mitts so much. They're like my favorite thing. I don't know why. I don't even feel like I, I don't even really feel like I made them. They're just something that I love. So I love my meow mitts. I'm really enjoying working on the thing that I'm working on now. I've been working on it for seven months, and I knitted one of them, and it did not work out. It's a project with felting, and then I knitted another one, and it still still wasn't totally happy with it, but it had been seven months, so I went ahead with the photo shoot, and I even did a video. And then I was looking at the pictures, and I finally saw what I'd been doing wrong, why I wasn't happy with it. And so I had to start from scratch again. So I started this project three times. I mean, I took it from beginning to end three times. So hopefully third time is the charm. I don't know what question that was I was answering. Is there any familiar importance and significance in knitting or crochet and crafting for you? My mom crochets. She taught me to crochet when I was a little, little girl because we couldn't pay rent. We were living in an apartment in Milwaukee and I guess we couldn't pay rent and so she put up signs around the town that she could teach crochet lessons 
and people kind of all came to our house and she didn't even know how to crochet at all. She was like, I'll teach crochet, but she didn't know how. So she like got herself a book and figured it out real fast. And then just had, I remember all these women, I was three years old and I remember all these women being at her house and sitting in a circle with their yarn and their hook and my mom sort of like flitting around in between the people and helping them with their stitches. So that's one of my earliest memories. But fiber didn't really play a huge role in our lives growing up. My grandmother was a knitter, so she did try to teach me when I was itty-bitty. And, of course, I have all her needles and things like that. And my other grandmother crocheted. So, so yeah, it's not really in the family. My mom's come with me to a couple yarn shops now, and she's she'll pick out stuff and do kind of afghan. She's a big afghan crocheter. Um, so she doesn't do granny squares or anything. I love granny squares, but she does sort of stripey kind of fun stuff but she um yeah she kind of yeah hasn't really gotten into knitting too much but yeah so how did you learn to knit and what was the moment or project when you realized you couldn't live without it I didn't I had a friend in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, there's so many little fits and starts because my grandma kind of taught me and I didn't catch on. And then I kind of tried to teach myself once and it didn't catch on. And um, one time my other friend tried to teach me and it didn't really catch on. And then I moved to Nashville, Tennessee and I had a producer there for because I was doing music there. And his wife was amazing and she had me over and she said something like, oh, bring your knitting or I'll teach you to knit and I'm like okay I kind of know but not really and so she showed me and she gave me some woolen needles and she's like bring your knitting and knitting and she kept going on about like let's knit together and I'm like what is this what are you saying like why would we sit and knit together like that's so weird like I didn't get it at all and she's like you need to come to my knitting shop because I will show you what you know what it's all about and so I walked in of course there's like the table of all the women with all their knitting and they're sitting and chatting and of course the wool on the walls like just blew my mind I'm like oh seafoam mohair here you are I've looked for you my whole life I didn't know these things existed and it just completely blew my mind and they actually hired me that day because I knew how to crochet and I guess no one around no one at their shop and it was a huge shop and well not at the time actually it got bigger but there were lots of teachers but Thankfully, nobody knew how to crochet, and I sat down and just crocheted a hat real quick, and they were like, ah, you're hired. We need a crochet person around here, and I was like, okay. So they taught me, again, real quickly how to knit, and by my second week, I was putting sweaters together because the learning curve was just so steep. We had like 75 women a day come in there. It was like during the poncho craze in 2004, when, you know, certainly before Martha Stewart or after Martha Stewart. I'm not sure, but there was a, I don't know if you remember, like, the fuzzy scarf and the poncho complete mayhem craze. And, um, so, so anyway, you know, I was barely, barely, barely knew how to knit, and I was picking up stitches and learning about fitting and reading patterns with people and teaching classes, and I was, like, just 24 hours a day, learning, 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 and I learned something every day, and there were so many women that worked there, older, not older, but older than me, women who'd been knitting for ages, and I mean, all day long, I just asked them every question in the book, because we had so many customers, and 
you know, things would come up that I'd be like, I've never heard of this before. What is this? And they were like, this is this, this is this. And I worked for three years there and feel like I got the, like, it was like, I swear it was like going to knitting school. It was like knitting college or something. And one of the best things I learned there was how to write a pattern because I had to help so many people follow different kinds of patterns. And I remember like the questions that they asked was like, what do they mean four inches from here? Or do they mean four inches from the beginning? Like, that's not clear. It's not clear. And so hearing people's questions over and over and over, I think has helped me hopefully hear in my head the questions that people would ask when you give a direction, like, well, did you mean this or did you mean this? And if there's an option, I generally try to put that in the pattern and by the way, I mean this, you know, so I'm, I'm ever, ever, ever grateful for that. And I started designing when I worked there, I would just take stuff home and make stuff up. And then the women there would help me write the patterns out. So I learned, okay, I got to put the gauge there. Oh, do I have to put the gauge? I hate the gauge. I hate measuring my gauge. I hate, <laughs> I really had like major issues with getting real serious about some of the things, but we eventually got there. And then right in the middle of my knitting extravaganza, I got signed to a record label in England. And that's when I packed up and moved there and worked there um, in England doing music for like about five years. And when it came to do, after like the second year, it came time to do my second album. And the record, the label and my label boss, of course, were like, oh you know, where's your second, let's get ready to do it. And I was like, me, I want to knit. <laughs> so it was like pulling teeth to get the second album out. I love doing music, but I, the touring was a bit much for me. And I really just, when I wake up in the morning, it's a lot easier for me to control my knitting project than it was for me to go into the studio and work with a bunch of people to try to get something going. Like it wasn't, it was a lot more difficult to do that. So I started leaning more towards knitting and I actually made the decision not to put out a second solo record because I was having too much fun knitting. People will think I'm crazy, but I'm kind of a homebody and I have really bad stage fright. So I get really nervous going on stage. I do have another record coming out, but, um, and I, I do still want to do music. I, I, I wrote a song yesterday, actually, so I, I do have some ideas for the future, but I'm not going to give up knitting. After I was away from the shop, I realized like how good I had it at the knitting shop, and I would look back wistfully, and that's about the time Ravelry kind of started kicking off, and so thankfully... I was able to plug into that and just really save my life and change my life. So when did you decide to start selling your knit designs? So yeah, that goes along with when Ravelry happened and I was like, it's like a virtual yarn job. I could do it. Okay, next question. If you had the chance to make something for anyone in the whole of time and space, what would you make and who would you make it for? That's a real tough question. Um... One thing I got to do that was super cool is um, I went on tour with the Indigo Girls a couple years back, and 
it was such a crazy amazing time and I loved it so much and I got a chance to make them socks so because I was knitting the whole time and they're like what are you doing I'm like I'm knitting and I made them some merino cabled socks I made Amy red and Emily green and they were like really really thick super wash merino so it was really really spongy and they were like amazing socks so they loved those and that was like one of the best tours well it's like the best and worst tours ever it was the worst because I was actually kind of immobilized by the just the sheer fact that I was on tour with them and I was such a huge fan like that was really almost debilitating for me mentally and um but the best of course because here I was like on tour with my heroes and one of the coolest things that happened ever and this is one of my favorite moments of my whole life um, towards the end of the tour, Emily started losing her voice, and I was, I would, like, watch all of their shows from, like, after I played or whatever, I would, like, go backstage and watch the shows from the stage, like, in the back. So, well, sometimes I'd be in the audience, too, but in this, one of the last particular shows, I was, like, standing, um, behind the curtain, kind of, so I could see them, but I was actually technically, like, three steps away from the stairs, and for the very last couple of songs, Emily was just losing her voice so bad. And then it was like the perfect scene from a movie, like where people say, you know, there's like, <laughs> I don't know. Oh my gosh, the moon's out. Oh, the moon's out in the middle of the day. It's 1 p.m. Oh, that's so beautiful. Anyway, so it was like the perfect scene where, where Emily goes, I can't sing anymore, like, my voice is gone, like, where the main singer calls on the understudy, and she's like, Stephanie, are you around, and I was like, Wah! I, like, leapt up the stairs in, like, one bound, I was, like, on stage, and the sound man, you know, brought me a microphone, and she's like, do you know the words to Galileo, I'm like, do I know the words to Galileo, um, as much as if I would have written them myself, honey, let's break it out. So she starts, so they start playing and I was able to be up there and, I mean, I was singing some other songs with them, but, but Galileo isn't one that they normally have people come up for or, you know, their guest artists or anything come up for, but it was just so cool that she's like, I can't do it. I need you. And I'm like, I'm there, I'm there for you. It's been my dream since I was 14 years old to sing with them. Because that's why I started playing guitar. Because I got their tape and when I was 14. Um, when it first came out, so 1988. Uh-oh, now you know how old I am. Actually, I don't know if that's true. Is that true? Was I 14 and 88? Hold on, I'll ask Kevin. Hey, Kara? Yeah? How old were we in 1988? 15. Okay, I was 15. Thanks. So anyway, he's a math genius. So, so maybe I was 15, or maybe I was 14 and it was 87. Anyway, he and I are the same age, by the way, he, he, we went to high school together, so we met at our 20-year high school reunion, if you don't already know that story. And uh, anyway, so I knew all the words, and she like looked over at me while we were singing, and like, like was looking at me like, do you know this? So I have that memory frozen in my mind of being on stage and looking like across over to a microphone, you know, two down from me and they're 
there's Emily like looking over at me, you know, singing Galileo. Like it just blows my mind. It was because obviously that's one of my favorite songs of all time. So I guess that's enough of me gushing as a fangirl. Um, they're really cool people besides that. So yeah, I made them socks and that was really cool. And I, I think they liked them. I don't know. Hopefully they did. Okay, if you could go back in time for 24 hours, where and when would you go? Ooh. I'm going to pause it. Hold on. Okay, I've had this pause for a long time. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I'd like, I'd like some of the mysteries solved. So I'd like to go back at the, when they were building Stonehenge and see the Druids and stuff. And I'd like to go back to Egypt when they were building the pyramids or something like that. Um and see something amazing. I'd like to go back to the Big Bang or to the Flood or whatever happened. I'd like to see... I'd like to go to the beginning of time if there is such a thing, which there's not. I'm so boggled by the world and by the universe and how we got here and what we're doing and why we're here. And I'm just so fascinated. So anything that would illuminate... Oh my gosh, I'm not getting that August back. He's humongous. Wow, he's so, so fantastic. So, sometimes he comes actually, we have quite a few um, hawks around here, and sometimes they come up on the deck. Okay, what is your favorite fairy tale and why? I love George MacDonald. And I love his his um, fairy tale footage in Nycteris. It's about a little uh, uh, evil which sort of takes away these two children, and the girl never sees the day, and the boy never sees the night, and it's just written so beautifully. It's so wonderful. I love all George MacDonald's tales, Princess and the Goblin, Princess and Curdy, um, The Golden Key. Um, what else? Yeah, I mean, fairy tales themselves are kind of creepy. I'm obsessed with some of the imagery of it and the idea of them. But yeah, most of the time, they're, the tales are set up. They teach you so much about the culture at the time and how women are viewed and how children are viewed and how the men were, were viewed. and It's really interesting. So, let's see. Okay, everyone has a quirk. What is your quirk? <laughs> what is not my quirk? Um, what is my quirk? I can't handle the color orange, like at all. Like I can't even, I can appreciate it for other people, but I can't have it in my house. And you know the, the final Harry Potter book is orange? And I have it on my shelf and it's 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 okay because it's part of the set and I know it's Harry Potter, but it bugs me. It really does. I can't cover it with something else. Like, I just, why did they make it orange? Why, why, why? There's so many other colors. So many other colors. And you know what else bothers me? The fact that Burt's Bees is yellow. Because I don't really like yellow either. So I carry around these Burt's Bees lip balms. I have one in my hand right now, actually. I always have one because... I need them. <laughs> that was a really good pop. Um, but man, if I could put them into a clear tube or a white tube or something or green, really into green, blue, pale colors and earthy colors, and I just can't dig dig the orange and yellow thing. I think I put some orange and yellow in my Hexapuff because I, I appreciate the color looks good with other things and 
I appreciate it in design, but I don't have it in my house. In fact, when we carve pumpkins, orange in the house, like I have to put it outside, so I'll put it on the, I put our pumpkins on the table outside because I couldn't look at them. And I can't have oranges in the house either. It's so weird. And even bananas, like they're yellow. Like, oh, I don't know. So that's a quirk, I think. I mean, that's something that's weird. Isn't it? Um, I'm sure there are a million other quirks. But yeah, if a, if a, if a book cover is unattractive to me, I'll cover it in brown paper. I just got a new book that is yellow as well. So I need to cover that. And I love covering my books. So... When you were a little kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a singer, and I used to sing, Like a rhinestone cowboy, getting cards and letters from people I don't even know, and calls coming over the phone. So I used to love that song, and I used to sing that when I was like three. So yeah, I always knew I wanted to be a singer. And then did I realize that I would become a singer and then opt for knitting? <laughs> no. I never dreamt that in a billion years, especially when I was working at the knit shop and trying to get signed. And all I wanted to do was play my guitar. And then when I was playing my guitar, all I wanted to do was knit. So I, I will continue to do both because they're just both kind of a part of me. So what is on your needles right this moment? My secret project that I've been working on for seven months, and I'm working on Woodsies too, and I'm working on another special surprise, and I'm working on oh some stuff for the book because we're doing another photo shoot in February, so that book will have some new designs. I've got to do some of those, and let's see, um. How do you always have such a cheerful singing attitude? This question cracks me up. I think I kind of... Um... Hmm... <laughs> mm, I gotta pause it. Okay, it's been paused for a long time. This is a hard question because I don't necessarily think that I do have, like, I know myself, so I know that I suffer, like, with anxiety, and I get worried, and stuff like that, but I think at the end of the day, I just don't, I don't really take it seriously, like, the whole thing is just funny, like, life's always been funny to me, like, it's, you, you deal with this tragedy, and you deal with, you know, horrible things happening, and great things happening, and it's such a roller coaster ride, and everyone believes something different, and it's crazy, life is so crazy, so I, don't take it seriously. I personally believe that life is eternal. I really do. I've believed that since I was little. And for whatever form that that idea has taken shape of, I still have this idea that life is bigger and longer than we understand. And so this is just an experience and it's just fun. It's a bit of fun. Like I want to spread joy to people and I'm here to like lighten it, the mood. Because I think this earth is too freaking serious. People are like just too serious all the time. And I believe in levity and I believe in just chilling out a little bit. Yeah, we're here to learn lessons and we're here to work and to love each other and to, to, to learn and to grow. But like, we don't have to be so serious about it all the time. Like, 
it's not that big of a deal. Sometimes I get letters from people that are like, oh, I'm freaking out because and I'm like, dude, it's gonna be okay. Like, we need to chill out a little bit. You, your pattern didn't download. That's okay. I understand. I'm here for you. I'll make sure you get it. Like, you don't have to type in caps. Like, it's okay. So, did I just squeeze a gripe in there? Anyway, I think people freak out. I've seen people like at restaurants like, I did not order this. Like, I did not order this. I did not order this spaghetti. I ordered this. Like, it's the end of the world. Like, it's just not. Like, I mean, I don't know. She's the things that, you know, you get worked up about. Oh, you want to hear my ocarina? this took oh no there's one more question do you have any tattoos oh that's easy no I don't I always like have ideas of tattoos I want and then I grow out of them so that shows me that I better just wait till I'm 80 and then whatever I'm into then at least probably I'll be into for like you know 30 years which is how long I plan to live after 80 yeah I should I should be able to pull that off what's ahead for Tiny Elnitz and Stephanie Dosen um I'm going to knit. I'm going to drink a lot of coffee. I got a new crystal ball in the mail the other day. It's humongous. So I'm going to learn how to play with it. Like, you know, roll it around so it looks cool. Um, I'm going to finish my journals and I'm going to start painting again a little more. And I just wrote a song yesterday, so I really want to finish doing that. kind of want to get a home studio and start making albums in my house. I want to learn to do tapestries, I want to weave, I want to spin more, I want to make wreaths, I'm going to um, grow some herbs, I'm going to start making my blends, I'm going to make solid perfumes, I need to make little labels, I need to collect and gather all the stuff from my garden, I want to plant some stuff, I want to make some Fimo jewelry with beads and stuff, I want to make candles, um... I want to go to the mountains more. I don't get to go to the mountains anywhere near enough, even though I can see them from my house and they're so gorgeous. And I want to go into them and just breathe them in. I want to make sure that I'm paying attention to the moon and to the cycles and to what's going on with people. And I want to be better about staying on top of things. I want to get my butt going with my patterns because I have a tendency to sit down to work and then work a little bit and then start video chatting with my friends <laughs> which is so bad I need to work more so I'm gonna work 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 more and um so I hope that's enough stuff and thanks for interviewing me this is like 37 minutes which is good because the other interviews that I did were like over an hour each so anyway lots of love thanks for asking me these questions I'm sorry that they might have been kind of boring, my answers, and rambling. And I'm glad you guys got to be here for my UFO experience and my hawk and the moon, which I can still see clear as day. 
Oh, because, oh, the reason I thought there was a UFO before is because apparently, and my friend and her friend saw a UFO, and there was some on YouTube from our little town, um, from like a couple weeks ago. So apparently, there are like some unidentified flying loaves of bread around, and so I'm on the lookout for them. Every night I'm always looking out there. I, I thought I saw something the other day, but I can't be sure. It wasn't a plane. I don't know. It wasn't moving, but... Thank you for these questions. I hope I haven't been too rambly and boring because I'm kind of boring myself right now. So I'm going to go and I'm going to f try to finish this project because it's high time. So lots and lots and lots and lots of love to you guys. And I hope you're having a fantastic Thanksgiving if you're celebrating it. And a fantastic fall. And I'll see you soon. Bye. There you have it, folks. I hope that you really enjoyed this. I know I did. I had the best time ever listening to this interview. And um, it is now the month of December when I'm finally getting to post this. So there will be one more episode this month from me. And it won't be a regular episode. I won't be covering any news or having any limericks. Instead, it will be an episode filled with bloopers and outtakes. That was something that you guys said you wanted to hear um, I've gone back through the year and picked out all the little parts where I've messed up and it was kind of funny. Um, and I've kind of compiled them into one whole episode. So it is going to be just a heads up warning for you guys. It's probably not going to be safe for work or children because when I get flustered, my sailor vocabulary tends to come out. So you might, <laughs> you might keep that in mind before you push play on the next episode. Um, but it's it's not too bad. Don't worry. I'm, I'm not that bad <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so that will be coming out within the next couple of weeks, hopefully, as long as my life doesn't go crazy on me again. And um, that is all I've got for you guys today. So thank you so much for listening, and I'll be back next time with the Funny Bloopers episode. See you guys later. Bye.